Welcome to Business Ninjas, brought to you by Write For Me, where you'll hear from business leaders who are out there growing their business and slaying it every day. Learn from the masters. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back for another episode of Business Ninjas. I'm here today with Shannon McCann. She's the Director of Marketing and Austin McNabb, the CEO and founder at VisiPay. Shannon, Austin, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, excited to have you. So Shannon, Austin, why don't you both start and tell us a little bit about yourselves? So my name is Shannon McCann, like you said. Um, I've been at VisiPay for coming up on three years, which is kind of wild. Um, and I've had kind of a unique story to get here. Um, so I was in corporate communications for a long time um, at a pretty large bank, um, a national bank. I, mean, I was really looking for just honestly a change. And my husband actually was employee number two here. So I figured, you know, might as well make the jump and just see if it's something that was for me and, you know, we could kind of have fun with together. And I've been here ever since. So had kind of a unique story to get here, but I lead the marketing team, like I said. So we really focus on, um, we actually have two different brands. So we have our, our VisiPay brand, which really focuses on our services and our technology that we provide to small business owners. But then we also have our Look Local First brand, um, which was just, you know, built out of the idea of let's put some action behind what we're saying. So my job is to really oversee those two brands and just make sure that those kind of build and fit with VisiPay wise um, and our goals as a company. But as far as like a personal level, um, I live in Waukee, Iowa, which I love. Um, I'm an Iowa State graduate, so go Cyclones if anyone is a Cyclone out there. Um, I'm a mom to a little baby boy. Um, yeah, that's me. And and but off, she has a family of entrepreneurs. Her mom and dad. Uh, she has two successful businesses. They did. Uh, so she has it in her DNA, and yeah. it's kind of cool to have her watch us. Uh, from the startup stage with, you know, like yeah. her husband, Cloud, from number two employee till today. Um, I think that's ingrained in her. And I think that she, she thinks and moves like that. I, I, I know she's mentioned she's even talked to her dad a couple of times about it. He's just going to say that next. Yeah. I was like, I still ask my dad for advice sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's pretty cool. That's a unique kind of a background, you know, on that. Uh, well, you know, I'm Austin McNabb. Again, I appreciate you guys having us on. Um, you know, we love to tell our story. I think our story is important for individuals that are either going through it or um, or, or about to start. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, for me, just kind of some baseline stuff I always talk about, but I think um, I'm proud of it. Uh, my mom immigrated from Vietnam uh, during the war, um, and she uh, ended up having me, like, uh, later on in life. I'm not sure you want to call it a mistake, baby, or not, but she had me at 37, 38. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I watched my mom really grind it out for, you know, seven days a week for a long time, and, you know, with broken English, et cetera, her opportunity was a little bit lower. Um, so... Uh, I was selling egg rolls door to door at 12. I was selling candy door to door at 14. I was in telemarketing at 16. I was in retail by 17. Um, and I found this industry uh, about 18 and a half. So I've been doing this. Uh, I've been in the payments fintech world for about 20 years, a little bit over 20 years now. I live it. I breathe it. I basically was raised in it. Um, I've seen every mistake that's happened in our business. I've made probably most of those mistakes at one point in time to learn from. Um, and I've watched successful people grow, um, you know, businesses within the fintech payment space and successfully exit. Um, and when we decided to start this in, you know, April of 2017, I spent 11 years uh, with a company as their number two employee for 11 years, watching them kind of get to where they're at. And I learned a lot of things that I would do and a lot of things I would not do. And when we opened the door 
uh, to VisiPay. There was only three things I wanted to focus on, which was our company culture being number one, uh, transparency and being the voice for small business owners. Um, and, and culture is one thing that I, I think we are definitely different in. Uh, I'm in the fintech payments world. Um, and I think a lot of industries can learn from kind of what we've kind of done from our mistakes and our successes. So I think that's fantastic. And one thing, you know, before we dive into VisiPay, I just wanted to see, just acknowledge that one, the support that I see between the two of you and, and you know, the the excitement that you have about VisiPay um, and really the work ethic. And it sounds like, you know, you both have devoted, you know, a lot of time and energy into building and scaling VisiPay, which I'm excited to dive a little bit more into. So, you know, before we get started for for those of those of our listeners who may not be familiar with VisiPay, tell me a little bit more about VisiPay. Uh, you know, VisiPay, we are a, a payment processing company. We basically, you know, help small business owners, specifically in rural America, uh, level them up to give them more options for payment processing through technology that we have built out. Um, and and we're giving them just more options in general that they don't have. Um, a lot of the rural American businesses, you know, Chicago's and San Francisco's and all these big towns are great. They're awesome places to be at. That's just not our focus. You know, we want to be in Deer River, Iowa. We want to be in Nowhere, Texas. We want to be in, you know, somewhere in New Mexico that's not heard of. We want the small rural American towns and we want to be able to get them to how they accept credit cards now from the consumer and level them up to the next technology. Um, we believe that, you know, rural American businesses are being left behind when it comes to payment processing technology and they're getting less options because, you know, some of these areas still have dial up internet for goodness sakes, right? So. We want to get them from the, I always say we want to get them from the flip phone stage to the, like the iPhone stage. Um, not too crazy, but, but with simplistic technology uh, to help them be a little bit more efficient with their business and allow them to attract, you know, more opportunities to bring in more revenue through payment processing, through the technology that we built or technology that are out there that are kind of, kind of hone in on that. And I think that a lot of companies like the bigger names, which you can probably think of, they are running towards big towns and big stadiums and big things because they have stockholders and stakeholders and all those great things. Well, we bootstrapped this company from scratch. So we have the ability to pivot like a speedboat. Um, and our pivot has always been rural America where everyone's running away from. I think we're running right into. Um, and, and we've seen a lot of success with that uh, in almost six and a half, seven years. So. Wow, I think that's fantastic. And, you know, I'm curious that do you find a lot of the businesses that you work with, like you said, you know, those small rural towns, are they businesses that are just getting started off the ground that this may be their first payment processing? Or is it more, you know, they're looking to transition to to VisiPay? What do you tend to see? Uh, I think a little bit of both. You know, think about small, small rural America. I mean, a lot of these places are passing the business down to their sons and daughters, right? Um, and, and they're passing that torch, if you would, and their sons and daughters are just more into technology, more into you know, things like you and I are into, social media, the whole works, while their parents or grandparents, they don't really give a crap about that stuff. You know, just page me, right? Um, you know, but they're, they're old school, right? Um, and I think that a lot of those newer generations taking over are looking to level up on the technology standpoint. And then a lot of individuals that are not accepting credit cards, believe it or not, there are still a lot that don't. Um, they're more open to the idea now, as long as it is cost effective and simplistic is a really key word uh, that they don't have to relearn everything and, 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 and take too much time. And this can't be complicated, which is a lot of the technology that is for big towns is, I believe. So I think that's fantastic. And, you know, talking a little bit about what you said differentiates you from your competition, you mentioned, like you said, really running to those small rural communities where people may be passing the business down or maybe just getting started and, you know, wanting to, you know, build build up their, their own hometown. 
What are some other ways that you really see VisiPay separating itself from its competition? Um, you know, I think a couple of things. I mean, I think that, you know, an industry can be disrupted not only by technology. Um, I think an industry can be disrupted by how you represent that industry and how you go about your business. Um, and I think that one of the biggest things that we stand by is our reputation and also the culture we're building. You know, me being do me doing this for over 20 years, you know, um, I've, you know, watched this industry um, not be as transparent as I think it should be. I think diversity um, is non-existent at one point in time. I mean, we have 92, 93 employees, and I would say 67% of them are minorities, 27% of our women. And the crazy part about it is, is over 95% of our staff did not come from the payment space. So um, I didn't want to hire individuals that came from the space because I think that bad habits and thinking the same is something I wanted to change my mindset of. And individuals like a Shannon that, you know, not only she may have only been here working for three and a half years with our organization, but she's also sacrificed two and a half, three years of her life to, you know, really, you know, have the back of her, you know, you know, her husband, right? At that time, her boyfriend, you know, um, and she was able to see the growth and see that you know, progression. And I think that's key to, to bring those individuals into a startup or into a payments fintech space. That is not the same old good, boy, good old boys club, you know? Uh, we're different. We we march at a different beat. Uh, we we avoid, avoid all outside noise, and we're very laser focused on our culture and how we actually represent the industry that we are fighting for every day, which is usually comes down to the rural American businesses, which are the small guy or the small gal that are this you no know, their voices being smothered out by so many other people out there when it comes to big companies um, that we don't want them to be smothered out. We need to have a voice for them, and I think that Shannon, being director of marketing, is. Took him, took him the bulls by its, you know, horns and ran with it since he's taken over. So, yeah, I think to piggyback off that from like my world, the marketing perspective, I think one thing that really stands out is just consistency compared to competitors in our world. Um, we see a lot of brands that, like Austin said, you know, don't have the best reputation. And so the solution behind that is, oh, well, we're going to rebrand and then we're going to do the same thing. And so we kind of pulled those curtain back, curtains back and you can see from our social media and our content that we create, like we just want to be a resource and a tool for these small business owners that are getting passed up. And so if you go to our social media, you see us at our happy hours and you see us doing, you know, our fun things here, but you also see us really working hard and our reviews that we ask for from our merchants, we really really want to hear their voices. And so we proudly show that. So I think the transparency piece, but then also just being consistent with who we are in our brand. Um, that's something that like I've seen just kind of falling short from other competitors as our industry is, you know, they try something, but there's not really that consistent building of it um, and really committing to who you are. I mean, mm -hmm. think about what you've done. You guys have done 750 plus podcasts and you thought it was going to be nothing. And now look at what it's become because you guys have probably been very consistent doing it, right? So I think that's something that plays in the part of what she's done, you know, very well with her and her team. So, yeah. And, you know, one thing that stood out to me, Shannon, when you were mentioning consistency and a question that I had was a lot about building that trust, because I imagine that for companies, they're trusting you with some of the most delicate information of their their customers, their clients. So building that trust to be able to say, you know, you can trust us, you know, there's there's not security concerns or anything like that. That's also probably a lot of showing up with that consistency as well as building that trust. Am I right in that? Yeah, absolutely. And just that transparency, obviously, we have to be, you know, we have to follow all of our rules and make sure that they're trusting us. But then also, we want to be transparent, too, with who we are. So if someone has concerns, give us a call. We have a 30-second 
or less hold the weight out here, you're going to talk to someone and they're going to ease your concerns. Um, so I think just showing up um, and being who we are and then also, like I said, being transparent. So letting customers see our reviews, taking those to heart, working to make those better. So if we do have a concern, we want to address it. We don't just want to you know, brush it under the rug. Um, so I think it just comes back to that. And I mean, that's one of our company wise. So everything we do revolves around either culture, transparency or being the small business owner. But I think people obviously have their concerns. I think it just falls back on that transparency. Interesting. You know, Austin, I've got a question for you because, you know, Shannon's talked a bit about that growth and building that transparency on the marketing side, being consistent with your postings. I, Shannon, I love the the point about seeing the reviews and all of that. So Austin, from, from more of the technical business side, talk to me a little bit about how you've been able to scale VisiPay over the years, because it sounds like, you know, Shannon's husband, second employee, and, it, you know, you've grown significantly over the years. Talk to me a little bit about what that growth looked like. Um, you know, the, the growth was, you know, as you can only imagine, I mean, within the first 14 months of our organization, we, we took a lot of risks. And I mean, we almost went bankrupt, you know, going to it, doing that. Um, and, you know, thank goodness we came out the, at the other end of the, you know, the tunnel on that. But uh, the growth has been, you know, I, I always tell people when you start up a company, um, and I've learned this now the hard way is whatever you think you need, you need a lot more, um, regardless if it's, you know, hours in a day or money or you know, just, you know, getting your mind straight because, you know, it's a mindset drainer to build an organization um, because you now you go from yourself only to now worrying about, you know, a lot of people within the organization, their families. Right. But scaling that organization, we were able to do it through boots on the ground, kind of what I was used to back in the day through independent contractors um, that would go out there and pitch our products and our services in these rural American communities. Um, and we built upon that. And then we as we built upon that, we were able to leverage to get more W-2 individuals to come in and represent us from an employee level, um, you know, from an inside and outside level. Um, and then to top it off with the marketing efforts that she's obviously done, you know, and, and collaborated with other teams allowed to, you know, sales to even hit our doorstep, you know, internally. So, you know, as we first started, I mean, I literally was going door to door, um, getting sales myself. I mean, literally, that's exactly what I was doing and coming back, taking customer service calls and then doing underwriting and then then calling a bunch of people to please sell our stuff, please. Right. Um, and then, so those days were 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. days, right? Which which was a necessity to get where we are at today. Um, and and every job at this organization I've done personally myself, minus maybe app development, I don't know, coding. Um, so we have smart, really smart people to do that. Um, so I've been able to taste and I've been able to touch and I've been able to be a part of every division. And then you get to a point that when you're starting to scale and grow like we are today, and then we're continuing to do so, you start surrounding yourself by people that are, more dedicated, laser focused on one topic, you know, and as smarter than you in a room, which I would say, let's leverage, you know, Shannon, for example, she's a marketing director, right? She has, you know, been dedicated to learning how to market better our, our brand and who we are. Um, and now she is more educated and she's probably more knowledgeable by far than me. So when I sit in a room with her, opinions are going to have to matter and her opinions are going to have to, you know, you know, at least come to fruition when it comes down to actionable items. So Allowing people to fail, fail quickly is one thing I've learned um, instead of being cautious. So I, I, I rather someone make a big mistake than don't do the small things right and don't take risks and fail, fail quick. And we promote that through our whole organization from the top to the bottom. So, um, and that's kind of how we've been able to scale. And trust me, we've made us a lot of dumb decisions over the years um, and we've made a lot of great decisions, but those decisions that we made great overwhelmed any, you know, failure uh, moments that we've had in our, as an organization. So. Mm -hmm. That's one thing that, you know, certainly is not lost on our listeners is 
the grind and the grit that it takes to really scale a business. It's those long hours. It's trying out every position in the company. Um, and like, you know, one one thing that I've noticed over the years is surrounding yourselves with people who are great at what they do um, to be able to, you know, enhance enhance the company in that way. So Moving on to, you know, one of my favorite questions that I like to ask is about common misconceptions. Um, I think there's a lot of misinformation out there really in every industry. But when we have industry experts on the line, I love to say, you know, are there things that you see? Maybe it's in maybe it's in payment processing. Maybe maybe it's in, you know, working with small, small rural companies. Is there anything that comes to mind when I ask that question? Um, I mean, for me, it's like one thing we've learned, I think, a lot is is we have to be okay with not pleasing everybody. And that's including clients, that's including vendors, and that's including the very people that attempt to work here or have worked here. Um, you know, being the pleaser of everyone gets us nowhere because we're never going to be perfect. Um, but owning who we are as an organization is all we can do. And if you, either you buy in or you don't buy in, right? Um, so not every client should be a client. That's okay. Not every vendor should be a vendor, and that's okay. And not every person should work at our organization because we don't fit their their, their, their focus of what's the definition of success when it comes out of being in a working environment that we have, which is a work hard, play hard type of culture. Um, and once we accepted the fact that we can't please everyone on every level, I think that also has enhanced us to the, to the, to where we're at today. So I think from my end, I'd say, and I know this is kind of like a cliche misconception from like the marketing people out there, but and I know other people have heard it, um, but like traditional marketing avenues, I know a lot of people think that they're dead and, you know, they're kind of leaning more in that like digital world and um, everyone's going towards the next best thing, which is great. But for our ideal merchants and our, you know, communities that we're going to in rural America that may not even have dial up, um, these new technologies are just not what they're going to to learn and to be a resource for their small business. So I think for us, um, I mean, we literally launched a mailer campaign last month so like we do we do still really like lean into that traditional marketing um in those avenues just to kind of be that resource to who our clientele is so i know that's a really like cliche marketing misconception in today's world but for us it works um and that's you know just us knowing who our audience is and who our like ideal merchants are yeah and meeting meeting your clients where they're at right so you yep. know like you said, the mailers, hey, those work for, for small rural America. So I think that's fantastic that, you know, I knowing who your ideal client profile is and really capitalizing on where they're at is is so important. So, you know, Shannon, Austin, I think this has been a terrific conversation. As we start to wrap up, is there anything that you want to leave our listeners with, whether it be about busy paying, the industry, working in a small, you know, working with small rural America, anything that you want to leave our listeners with? I mean, the only thing I've always told people is, if you're starting a company or thinking about doing it, um, if you're starting an organization, you want to do a startup, you got to be able to risk everything to make it at work. And if you're not willing to risk everything, you're going to be too cautious doing it. Um, and number two is is truly don't try to please everyone because you'll find yourself more times than not in a bad situation if you do. Uh, you just have to own who you are and own the culture and the, and, the, and the brand you want to have. And you need to roll with it. And then you need to basically focus on the niche markets that's uh, – you know, you, you need to talk to, which is, she mentioned like postcards. I mean, who, t who does a postcard, right? So, but we have to do it because that's our clientele, so. I'd say for me, um, if anyone is listening that, you know, is in 
not in the startup world, but is looking to make a change in their career. Um, I think leaving like a more corporate um, setting to come to a startup was honestly one of the most incredible things I ever did. I've learned so much. I tell them all the time, like I've learned more in three years than I did like my entire time. And not to say anything bad about, you know, my previous job because I loved my team and I loved what I did, but I just like the work that I get to do here, you learn and you always get to try something new. Like I'm always push out of my comfort zone. So I guess if I could leave anyone um, from, you know, debating that startup world, um, you know, leave them with anything, just take the risk on it because I don't think that you will regret it. I didn't. So I think that's terrific. Well, Shannon Austin, like I said, I think this was an amazing, insightful conversation. I appreciate all of your insights talking about the growth of VisiPay. And I, like I said, just really appreciate you not being on Business Ninjas today. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having us. Great to have you. Hey, are you a business ninja? Want to be interviewed like this? Give us a shout. Go to www.writeforme.io, W-R-I-T-E-F-O-R-M-E.io, and schedule a time to meet with us, and we'll make it happen. Keep slaying it, y'all.